are listening to the Andy Zanka Youth Empowerment Program on KDNK Community Radio. This is Brain Garden, a monthly collaboration between ASIAP and my organization, Cangel's Connection. The mission of Brain Garden is to start conversations on topics that our youth are experiencing. Conversations create a dialogue for healing and offer resources for other community members in need. These students are opening their hearts and stories to help facilitate conversations in our community. I'm your host, Janelle Hildebrand, and I'm the founder of Cangel's Connection, Inc., also referred to as the Cangel Connection Foundation. I started Cangel's Connection in 2019 after my son, Kane passed away from an accidental drug overdose on June 20th of 2018 at 24 years old. Cangel's Connection mission is to be the hub of connecting resources to the people in need. I felt alone as a parent of a struggling young man, and I didn't have the resources for myself or for Kane. My website is C-A-I-N-E dot C-A-I-N-E-G-E-L-C-O-N-N-E-C-T-I-O-N dot org. And I have a list of resources that is continuously growing. I became connected with ASYEP through KDNK. And if you're a teen listening and would like to share your story and offer some resources, please contact Janelle Hildebrand at J-E-N-X-T-R-E-M-E-S-K-I at gmail.com. Stay tuned for the next 30 minutes to listen to one of our upcoming conversations. Hello and welcome to The Brain Garden. I'm your host, Janelle, and I have a very important guest today. Would you go ahead and introduce yourself? Yes, I am Eric Albrecht. I'm very happy to be here. I am uh, Janelle's nephew. I'm from Glenwood Springs. I'm from the Roan Fork Valley. Lived here all through the first 18 years of my life and loved it. And uh, I now live up in Fort Collins, Colorado, and I've been there for about three years now. And yeah, I'm in a band um, and doing my thing, staying creative, doing my thing. And you're also going to school. Do you want to touch base a little bit about what you're studying? Yeah, for sure. So I, um, since I last talked to you, I've kind of changed up my plan a little bit. But um, I'm right now putting more of an emphasis into music education to get my music education degree. And then I'm planning to get, uh, hopefully in the future, some kind of master's degree towards music therapy. And so through doing that, I can kind of start up my career and start up what I want to do, which is uh, bringing music to the masses and educating people. And uh, then I can start going deeper into learning about music theory and putting music theory into practice. I love that. Give us a little bit more. Do you have pets? Do you have siblings? Yeah, for what do you sure. like to do for fun? So um, I have a pet cat named Jasper. He's about two, two years old now. Um, for fun, I like to skateboard. I'm really just kind of a big sports guy in general. Currently, I'm working at the Boys and Girls Club, which is a, um, an after-school care program for elementary school through middle schoolers, and just kind of gives kids a space to hang out with one another, uh, hang out with uh, older, you know, quote-unquote role models such as myself, um, and yeah, give them a space to have fun and learn and create new, uh, you know, just quality traits 
as a human being. I think that the Boys and Girls Club is really cool um, yeah. because it's kind of incorporating from what my understanding is with your music and with working with kids and kind of what your long term goal is. For sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's why I was the most excited to step into uh, this job was because I was really ready to just take a step into what I want to do for the rest of my life and take a step into my career. And so being able to do that and get paid for it has been feeling very fulfilling. Do you feel like putting yourself in that role as a mentor or a, a big brother or however you want to term it yeah. is actually helping you grow as a person? Yeah, to an extent. Um it's made me realize my maturity level a lot more actually, because it's interesting when you're around a bunch of other 22, 23 year olds, uh, constantly. It's an odd thing that happens, but you almost feel like you're not growing up in a way. I don't know exactly how to explain it. Like I can, I, I know the amount of progress I've made as a person, especially if I like look back at a video of myself in high school or something like that. But now being around kids who are in, uh, you know, first through fifth grade really kind of makes me think like, oh man, like I'm an adult at this point and I am, uh, I'm doing my thing. You know, I have a lot of responsibilities and, um, and I have a lot to offer. Yes, and, you yeah, do. Yeah, and that feels really good. And uh, that, that's definitely something that the job has taught me the most. It's like, given me a lot of confidence. It's also wild how it's given me a lot of confidence just in talking to people in general and specifically talking to people maybe in some uh, times of conflict or uh, just non-agreement um, because, you know, I'm constantly dealing with conflict which sounds like a harsh word but our, our disagreement with kids if a kid isn't doing something right i have to be the one to be the leader and step up to them and say hey you shouldn't be doing this you need to be doing this and since i'm constantly almost just training myself doing that with kids it ends up becoming a lot easier with my bandmates um if someone is being rude to one of my friends in public or something like that it's a lot easier for me to kind of stand up for myself and to stand up for whatever needs to be going on. It's helped me a lot to develop more as a leader. I think that's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you, Eric. I'm, uh, I'm really you. like proud of you. Thank you. Um, so today I asked you to come to talk about an obstacle that you either have overcome or are currently overcoming. And so if you would like to share what that obstacle is and talk a little bit about that, that would be wonderful. Yeah, for sure. So I'd say the biggest obstacle for me through my life has been mental health. And I've gone through a very um, niche challenge that most people aren't going to have to go through in their life. And that challenge added a lot of uh, extra challenges after I even got through it with anxiety and depression and so forth. And so what happened with me was um, through high school, well, all of it are kind of revolves around drug use and specifically marijuana use. And... Um, so through high school, I, um, I started smoking weed when I was probably about 16 and it became a pretty serious habit. And that habit would last for about two to three months until something happened in my life. Uh, the first time it was some kind of argument that kind of sent me into a depression to where I didn't feel like smoking weed anymore. It didn't really help me anymore. And so I stopped and that led me to disassociate and to realize and disconnect a lot and become really depressed. Um, and so I went through the stages of therapy. I was put on antidepressants and I stopped my therapy, stopped my antidepressants. 
and then kind of felt like myself again. And once I felt like what I thought was myself again, I started smoking weed again. And the same cycle continued exactly the same. But this next time I started smoking weed, I was smoking a lot more weed than I was before. And so that was probably by the time I was 17, same exact thing happened where I stopped, got really depressed, and then it happened one more time. And at this time, I was smoking weed again, and I went to university. And um, when I was in university, I was smoking heavily. I was not keeping track of my correct eating habits or sleeping habits. Wasn't sleeping, wasn't eating right. And I was smoking a lot of very strong uh, THC. And uh, that ended up sending me into a weed-induced psychosis. And if you don't know what weed-induced psychosis is, it's... um. It's a moment almost, I guess some people would kind of look at it as schizophrenia. It's not really the same. It's really complicated, so it's kind of hard for me to explain. But you basically, you're, what ends up happening is your brain chemistry becomes so discombobulated and uh, irregulated and off balance that you you lose your mind for a period of time. And especially if you don't get the right treatment, it could be a long period of time. And losing my mind came in stages of grandiose to where I thought I could talk to God, literally. I thought for moments that I was Jesus Christ. <laughs> and this is all very odd things to talk about. And yeah, it, it's crazy. And you, you know, you, everyone like kind of reads and hears about this stuff. And when it was happening to me and when it, it happens to people, they obviously don't realize that what they're going through in the that moment. That was going to be my question. Did yeah. you, were you comprehending that? Or was it just you weren't really aware of this was happening? No, I wasn't aware of it, that it was happening. Okay. And with psychosis, too, when you go through stages of grandiose, stages of grandiose is a um, it's a feeling that you are uh, above everything and like almost that like you're a higher power. And that you, nothing can. Happen yeah. To and you. most people who experience stages of grandiose will believe things like they're the reincarnation of some famous celebrity or they'll believe that they're the Dalai Lama. They'll believe that they're Jesus Christ. They'll believe these things where they literally feel like they are a deity and they're above everything else. And um, I believe that for a short pe- period of time. And then my uh, thought process would just kind of go in and out of very cliche, crazy things. Like you can talk to people with your mind. You can hear other people's thoughts with your mind. Um, things of that nature. So anyway, what ended up happening was I ended up... Uh, getting caught by campus police and they it was very obvious what my condition was so they took me and they took me to a mental hospital basically what I went to an ER and then I got transferred into a mental hospital and started getting treatment and started going through a process of treatment and uh, the first one I ended up getting let out early uh, that I got really unlucky with the first one I was at too they had, they were not a very well-run place and I ended up getting uh, harassed in there by another patient that I was with which when you're in psychosis and experiencing uh, terrible emotions and stuff, it's um, it's not good for you, obviously. Right. So maybe their segregation of putting you or in classifying different yeah. people together, they weren't really. It just had, it was one bad apple. You yeah. know what I mean? And yeah. it ended up messing me up pretty bad. So I got released out of there earlier than I should have been. Well, I, it's not earlier than I should have been, actually, because I um, that place wasn't very great. But I got released, ended up having uh, super intense paranoia that was connected into my psychosis to where I thought uh, I thought people were following me and I thought people were following me to hurt me that were connected to this person, which wasn't true. It was complete delusion. 
So anyway, I ended up calling the cops saying that I was being followed. Uh, this was probably a couple days after being out of a mental hospital. And then okay. I went right back into a different one. And lucky for me, this one was a lot better run. And they it was it was a much, much, much better place. So, so you got I the got, treatment that yeah, best helped exactly. you. I got proper treatment. I got um I got somewhat proper therapy and just proper um yeah, they just it was just a much better run place. So anyway, I finally got out of there and the treatment for psychosis that you take is uh it, you're gonna be put on an antipsychotic. So I was put on an antipsychotic which uh, basically caps your dopamine receptors in your brain mm-hmm. and because my dopamine receptors were capped I the longer I was on this drug the less paranoid I would be and my delusions completely went away I was basically grounded at this point into reality again but sadly the trade-off for that was being uh, super super depressed oh. and so because of how the antipsychotic was affecting my dopamine right. and my dopamine intake and so I went back to college for a semester and it was a super hard time in my life. Um, I was really, really depressed from this antipsychotic. I was embarrassed for all the things that I went through. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and so, yeah, I went through that whole process, stayed a semester in college. I did okay. Um, ended up going home. And as I was at college, I was, I was having conversations with my psychologist too, telling him how this drug is affecting me so terribly, the antipsychotic. And he was telling me that we can wean me off of it because he didn't think what I went through was a permanent thing like schizophrenia is. Uh, It was more of just a break, a psychotic break, and that's the difference between the two. One is experienced and is treated and then short-lived, and that's what I went through. And so we started to wean myself off of it, and the more I would wean myself off of it, the more I felt myself uh, being interested in things, positive things that are like music, Mm-hmm. Uh, making music, um, you know, skateboarding, stuff like that. Just stuff that is part of me and part of my soul where it's coming back to me in a better way. So emphasizing, yeah, you were under the care of a professional while you uh, were being weaned off the medicine. Yes, absolutely So it's not important. something that you just stopped doing. No, so that could no be unsafe way. in its own absolutely. situation. So for the listeners, we just want to emphasize that. Absolutely. That's an extremely important point. So, yeah, and even after being completely off, I was um, talking to my psychiatrist and in therapy still and getting help in that way. I was also, it taught me a lot about myself and how important it is to regulate things like sleep, things like food intake, and so on. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, so after I was feeling better, I was ready to go back to university and attend it again and met up with some of my friends and was um came back a much wiser person and a much more mature person and um and yeah and it was very cool to kind of see my friends again after they had seen me first go through psychosis then go through a super deep depression that totally changed me and then for them to tell me like it's really good to see you again because i can tell that you are doing a lot better. i think that is a really important message for other people that are and and i know you're not alone i know there oh, yeah. are other people that have had this similar experience nobody yeah. has the same experience mm-hmm. but to say that friend group that core group had witnessed this they are not experts they don't know what to do they're scared they're yeah. worried about you then another dimension comes and then they see you come back right and that to me is really important for anyone listening if you're supporting a loved one is a to find 
to to tell someone to talk about it and to support them, but also to to stand by because it's nothing is lasting. It's right. going to get better. Absolutely. And it felt really good. Um, it also just shows how important it is to hang out with the right people. And I was yeah. lucky to have attracted the right people that when I would come, when I came back, they were all very understanding and, um, uh, yeah, just proud of me, just good friendship in the sense of good, in the sense of the, you know, definition of what good friendship can be of, you know, acknowledging that they were concerned about me, but also happy uh, to see my improvement and to welcome me back with open arms after going through such a struggle. And give you a safe place to talk about it. Absolutely. If you are just tuning in, this is Janelle, your host of The Brain Garden, and I'm here with Eric Albrecht talking about his experience with uh, THC-induced psychosis. And Eric, thank you for, actually, thank you so much for opening up, for starting this conversation, not only with me, but for others to hear that are listening, um, just to know that you're not alone and that this is an important topic that that needs to be validated. So I want to validate your experience, but also thank you for helping me understand it and opening up your personal experience. Absolutely. So t- let's pick it up. Um, we were talking um, kind of, we went through your stages of kind of when it started, how it progressed, and now you're on the, you're coming back around after you went through some of that medication and you're, you're working with um, psychiatry and counseling. Let's take it from there. Absolutely. So, yeah. So after working a lot uh, with those resources, um, I started to feel a lot better. And um, I noticed I started to learn a lot more about what good friendship means and the importance of having the right people around you who are going to support you to be a better and positive person and also aren't going to be judgmental to towards you if you are going through uh, an extreme time of, you know, a mental health crisis, you know? Um, and yeah, that just taught me a lot of, uh, of the importance within friendship and vulnerability. And those are also lessons that I'm still learning today of how important it is to talk about your feelings and how important it is for you to listen closely and with care, um, to your friends if they have things to talk to you about as well. I think that's a really important message. Um, I think the other thing is, is there's people that have fear of the unknown and they're quick to judge it. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. Because whatever they think of you is not your business, right? Yeah. But I also think to be gentle on those people that are judgmental. It's a, it's a give and take. Absolutely. Because they might come around a few years later because they're scared. They don't know what it is and they're fearful and they've never had that experience. But I think for your growth to say, this is me. I'm talking about it. I own it. And there's no shame in that. Yeah, absolutely. And you have a lot to offer. You are not defined by that experience. Yep, absolutely. And that's something that definitely came with growing older and some maturity and some wisdom from learning through these things. Um, uh, Because even before all that happened to me, experiencing the depressions in high school and stuff, it would come with a lot of, uh, you know, classic kind of high school things of everyone hates me and everyone is judging me and uh, and no one's going to forgive me and stuff like that. But right. moving towards I am who I am now and I know my truth and my truth is me right now and I'm doing great. And that's what matters, you know, to yeah. believe that yourself and then the rest will come. 
Exactly. And and that energy will feed into the energy that are aligned with your energy. Absolutely. And and I am really that takes a lot of strength. Yeah. Like where the steps you've climbed to get to where you're at. Yeah. You can't speak in that in this program. Like there's mm. that is not enough time probably to cover those yeah. steps. Yeah. But I just knowing you as just as a relative who I love very much, but also just hearing this experience from you and setting myself aside to listen. I have so much respect for you to face what you're facing and you're coming out, you're coming through it. And you will offer so many people so much help through the mm. years by your experience. Yeah, right? I hope to, for sure. Oh, yeah. you will. And you are. Thank you. And so now I want to kind of tie that into what you're doing with your music. Because I feel yeah. that you're channeling all that stuff into your music. Do you want to speak to that a little bit? Yeah, for sure. So I've noticed just more and more as my life goes on how music is such a great tool for me and works as an escape in the moment if I want to escape my thoughts and want to escape some negative feelings it can totally pull me out of that and put me into a new headspace just by playing guitar and just by you know improvising and just having fun messing around but also within writing songs and specifically writing lyrics I've learned how by letting lyrics flow out of me since I'm in a kind of a goal headspace of my goal right now is to write a song all right, I'm done with the song. Now here comes the lyrics and I'm jotting down words kind of uh, just freely through myself. And then after I'm writing down the lyrics, um, as they start to come together, I'm realizing more what the song is about. And I'm realizing, oh, like this song is going to be about how it's never too late to change and to grow and to learn more about yourself and learn more about your surroundings. And yeah, and that's, the song I'd like to play is the song Too Late, which I've just released. What's your band? Yeah, name? my band is called Scuffed, S-C-U-F-F-E-D. And um, yeah, we've been together about three years writing songs and performing. And now we're just starting to finally get music released onto Spotify and Apple and all the platforms that people listen on. Um, and yeah. And you wrote Too Late. Yes. And you want to talk just briefly on the meaning behind that song. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, that song specifically... I wrote because I was in another stage of depression in my life, but this wasn't really drug-induced. I'd been sober for quite some time at that point. And um, it was more just about this feeling of, I feel like I'm still stagnant. I feel like, I feel bored almost. I feel like it's the same thing every day. I'm still having anxiety. I'm having some depression caused by my anxiety. And I need to have some form of release from that and so that this song is kind of the writing process of how it feels to be in that headspace of of stagnance and of looking around you and feeling like no one really understands yeah and that you're kind of on your own in these feelings and that I don't know what to do next but then the chorus of the song is reiterating to myself that it's not too late for me there's always more to learn there's always more to grow from and that excites me my mind is still so fresh and that my mind is almost, I say my mind's blank in the song referring to I am, my mind's blank and it's ready for more stuff to come in. It's, I'm ready to upload more information into myself. And, and that's the whole message of the song is that I'm always ready to learn more and I'm always excited to grow more and to see the changes that are going to happen to me as a person. 
I love that. And we'll be right back after you hear the song Too Late by Scuffed and featuring Eric Albrecht. And we are back, and I am Janelle, your host of The Brain Garden, and we're here with Eric Albrecht, and we just played his band's featured song, Too Late. And Eric, before we close up for for the session, I want you to send a message out there for the listeners that may have gone or are going through something similar to what you went through or what we just talked about. Yeah, so I'd say that my message is that it's it's never too late to grow, it's there's always more to learn out there, and it's an exciting part of life that we can always grow and we always can expand into our true positive selves. And 
yeah, you don't have to quit. There's always still more to do. And that's exciting. That's good. Thank you so much for taking the time to open up a conversation on such a topic and opening up yourself, your personal space here with us on The Brain Garden. And if you like what you hear, we're on the fourth Wednesday of every month.